0: Thanks for listening to the Headliners Podcast. New episodes are available every Thursday on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts.
1: So are we ready to cha- like transition here and let's talk a little NFL Sunday slate? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So what did you think last week? My first, if I'm going to phrase last week into one word, it's Dalvin Cook. Because of the fact that game was very much, I thought that was a lock. I I truly thought Green Bay was a lock for that game, um, and Delvin Cook kind of like just blew that out of the water in itself.
0: I mean, um, I also thought Green Bay was going to go in there and, and win it by at least by ten points. But I'm really glad they. I mean, it was kind of kind of you know down on the betting side on I mean, the high note for me. I had Delvin Cook on. My fantasy football team, to got me like 50 points, so I was very happy for that. Um, the dude had four touchdowns. If you missed it, I don't know what you're doing. Um, that was hard. To, I mean, I was like, he's coming off of a, a big-time injury. I'm thinking, hey, get me a touchdown or two and help me help my calls out. He got double what I wanted. And yep. he had a bunch of receiving yards on top of it. So I was extremely happy with what Dalvin Cook was able to do last week. That, I mean... It's had a little life to that Minnesota team, you know, they're not. It has. I mean, honestly, let's be honest. Are they going to backdoor their way into a wild card? Team? Maybe you never know. They get hot and just went out. Maybe you never know.
1: They got they got a lot of work to do in order to do that. I mean, I mean, their stock their stock is not great on that. Um, I I know, but know. at the
0: same time, we've seen weirder. I would say I don't know. I just feel like this is it's twenty twenty. There's been a lot of weird stuff to happen this year. Why not add another thing? You know. Yeah. Um, I know.
1: Like cool. right, right really now, yeah, right now to make the playoffs. I don't even see them on here. I'm surprised. I doubt that FanDuel even has them out there. Um, I mean, I, I doubt it since how
0: bad. Um, New England, New Orleans. Nope,
1: they, they are not. They aren't they they even. Sense? They aren't even right now on here. Um, but we will. We'll get into a couple of pl- a couple of these teams that will make the playoffs. Um, Arguably, though, I think that, you know, Minnesota is better than any team coming out of the NFC East. Um, So I think that, you know, that's a whole other story that, you know, I don't have a team from the NFC East down here, thank goodness. Let's go. Want to talk about the Bears really quick? Because I feel like we we have a lot of questions with the Bears anymore, especially from a betting perspective. They're playing Tennessee this week. So they are in nashville on sunday at noon um they are a six and a half point dog against the spread um with an over under of 46 and a half i i honestly don't like the number that's it, i i just don't like the game either way i mean 295 to have you know tennessee win outright. i don't like that because of the fact tennessee is kind of one-dimensional in, in the fact that derrick henry is just unbelievably good between the tackles and Chicago's defense has not been the monsters of the midway of the last two years. So I think that, you know, Derek Henry will have the opportunity to run just right up the gut and be able to take it to the house there. Ryan Tannehill is a very good quarterback and we haven't even addressed, you know, the bears issues at quarterback.
0: I mean, yeah, no, you're 100% right on the aspect, there's a lot of uncertainties about both teams that really make me wary about picking either. Um, you know, you brought up how Tennessee's really became very one dimensional and the Bears defense has really secondary has looked pretty good, but that D line has been at times good, but at times it looks not great. Um so, I don't know. This is kind of a tough tough pick. I would like to say a lean. You know, I feel like Derrick Henry is going to have a big day at the same time. The pace of game, I, I, for, I don't know. I'm leaning towards really more towards that under because of how bad the Bears' offense is. I mean, that's why I'm leaning towards, I feel like, I feel like Titans could possibly cover at the six and a half mark. And I'm going to go under because how – one dimensional that Titans offenses and how bad the quarterback play has been bad from the Bears. So that's why I'm gonna go for the under and then with the Titans, I'm gonna go take the minus six and a half.
1: Right. I I I'll say this. I remember hearing this last week from I believe it was Matthew Barry and Field Yates on ESPN fantasy. Um Tennessee's defense is averaging it is on average giving up about 20 fantasy points. Uh, to opposing quarterbacks typically that returns to about 275 yards and about two to three scores. So, you know, you're looking at something along the lines of, you know, 21 to 20 to, you know, 21 to 27 points uh, in that. I just don't know if Nick Foles or Mitchell Trubisky can put up 27 points. (laughs) Like that's the whole thing. Like I, I actually like rostered Tennessee's defense this weekend, which you know, they are projected at like 4.5 points in ESPN PPR leagues. So I think that this, I'm, I'm buying low. I'm buying low on them, mostly because I have Tampa Bay's defense and we'll get into the Tampa Bay-New Orleans game um, just down the line. I truly think that they are going to be able to hold Nick Foles to like less yards. Nick has not looked good. Like He's looked better than Mitch against better defenses, but it's still not like apples to oranges at this point because they both kind of looked like which is worse than the other. Um, I'm not going to take anybody on the spread because I think that this is just a complete toss-up game. I do like the under on this though at 46 and a half. I think that, you know, you're looking at like a 21 to 14 game or 21, 17 game. I think that this is, you know, how much this game really doesn't matter for Tennessee because Tennessee is very much probably going to make the playoffs. This matters for the Bears, and I think that it matters for Matt Nagy and Nick Foles a little bit more because of the fact if Nagy can't win this game, I think that they're calling for Nagy to be fired, and I think that Nick Foles is going to get benched and we're going to go back to Mister Trubesky, which is not any, any better in any sense of the word. I mean, honestly,
0: you know, a lot of people, when it comes to Nagy, everyone's calling for him to be fired. You look at this team of the past name on our head coach that's brought in this consistent. I know last season was a disappointment. But he came in in what, 2018, took this team to the playoffs. and then this year they're they're probably going to be on our playoff team. They I know they that there's some regression, but they have been where are you going to find a coach that's going to bring you that consistency? It's so hard to do that in the National Football League. I know I mean, look at the Rams. They've taken somewhat of a step back. They're not. They're like, "Oh, we're going to fire Sean McVay." It's not. I, it's it is Nagy's fault. This offense is really kind of unperforming. Same time, Nagy isn't even calling the plays. I. I, <laughs> I, I, I and, but you know, all you know how fans think though starts, Oh yeah, without a doubt. It starts with the head coach. So at the same time, you look what he's dealing with though. You have you have Nick Foles, who's yeah, he's you know Nick Foles of the Super Bowl who brought Philly a title. And then you have a guy, Mitchell Trubisky, who had a great one, one good year. He doesn't have a situation that look like, man, man, he's got it made. Yes, that defense is great, but that offensively, he doesn't have it like it's, whoa, well, this, this should be a world, the best offense in the league. It'd if, be if, 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 kind of like Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy was handed an offensive juggernaut, and that team is, even with Dak healthy, that team looked like it was, it was not that good.
1: The so, defense struggled. That defense struggled hard.
0: Without oh, yeah, that Dallas defense has never been good. I don't yeah. know why everyone was even thinking about them being a Super Bowl contender because I'm a Cowboys fan, and I'm telling you, for the last five years, they, said, they might have a couple good defensive players, but that scheme is terrible, and they don't know how to draft defensive players. Jerry right. Jones, I'm going to go off a little right Jerry Jones, I, he, that family, yes, they've done a lot for the Dallas community and a lot for the organization. He bought three Super Bowl tires That was back in the 90s. He hired, he fired a Hall of Fame coach because he wanted credit for those two titles that they won back to back. They didn't want it, he didn't want to share equal credit. He wanted full credit because he owned the team and he drafted the players. Good for you, congratulations. That team could have won at least another two more in the 90s, but he wanted to go a different way. So it's different way. He has way too much control. He needs to be one of those owners that sits on the sideline, hires a GM, an outside GM, not his son, and let them field a team like a normal would do
1: Right. Yeah, I I agree with you. Uh, getting back to the Bears, so FanDuel actually has them out here uh, on their futures. Um, right now, as of tomorrow at 7.20 p.m. Uh, or yep, 7.20 p.m. when these will update tomorrow. Um, right now, they are still favored to make the playoffs at minus 122, but plus 100 not to make the playoffs.
0: Ooh, that's tempting.
1: I think I think that's a little I think that's a little tantalizing because of the fact you know you know granted there are other teams out here and, and we can we could go into this right now um you know these are basically your wild card teams Arizona like Inla- they have Arizona Atlanta Dallas um, to which would basically be your wild card setup. I would say that out of that, my sleeper in it to make the playoffs would be atlanta at plus 2000 i think that they have a shot i th- i think that they do have a shot if they can get their offense in gear and just start out scoring players um but i i think that you know vegas is showing showing a little bit at least that you know they are not the the bears are not the team that everybody thought they were like they were clearly like the number two team in there in the division this year. And I think that they still probably are Um, Matthew Stafford is out with COVID. So I think the lions are going to be affected by that. Um, But they, if they're a playoff team, they are, they are a last wild card team in like, that's my opinion of it. So I think that, you know, if they lose this week, it's a little bit, the road to the playoffs gets a little bit more difficult for them. It's kind of like, they wish they were in the nfc east at that point because they would win the nfcd they w- should win the nfc east
0: i mean yeah if you look at every every division outside the east and then NFC, you look at the west and you look at the south you've got tampa bay in the south you got get new orleans in the south, and stuff you, and there you have you also have carolina and Atlanta sitting there and you're like man then NFC if 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 the nfc east wasn't such a you know i don't want to say a bad word but uh <laughs> It, it wasn't
1: a, a dumpster fire?
0: A dumpster fire. There we go. Um, the NFC North can have that case because if you yeah. look at it, the Bears are, you know, at the beginning of the year from till now, don't look nowhere near as the same as good. And Green Bay has at times looked very inconsistent. Yes. So
1: there is no – I mean, for either – Green Bay has Bay, played – Green Bay has arguably played one very good team, and that was Tampa Bay, and they did not look good. Tampa Bay's defense literally ran them over and they became one dimensional. Um, yeah. No, the NFC North is not the powerhouse that people want to make it out to be. And that's coming from somebody who reps the team from the NFC North. Um, if we're going to start, it, since we brought up the NFC South, let's go into what I think is a very interesting matchup against the spread, which is the Carolina Panthers traveling to Kansas city this weekend. They are plus plus ten and a half a against the spread. Christian McCaffrey is projected to return against a against a Kansas City run defense that is not the best. I don't think that Carolina wins this game because Carolina's defense is not it's not terrible, but it's also not great. And Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback. I, I will 100% push that button. Um, but I like Carolina at plus 10.5. I think Christian McCaffrey, who has they have been very very cautious about how they practice him and how they have brought him back from this high ankle sprain i think that this is going to be a good test you know you're playing in a moderately like warmer climate it's not going to be like freezing cold in kansas city thank goodness um against a defense that is not great defending the run so i think I like Carolina at plus 10 and a half. I think Christian McCaffrey has a good game. So anybody who is playing, who has him rostered 100% should be starting him and benching Mike Davis. Um, but I like Carolina at plus 10 and a half. I do, I like the under on this, which is, so the over under is 52 and a half. Again, uh, Carolina versus Kansas City. I like the under on that as well. I take Kansas City to win the game, Carolina to cover though, and the under.
0: Um, I'm going to go with, uh, you know, I'm probably going to go a little different from you. You know, I know Carolina's offense has shown some life in the last couple of weeks. I just feel like Kansas City offensively has really hit their stride. They, they went out and made the Jets look like they were playing a PV football game. And I know the Jets are bad, but still at the same time, this is professional level talent. This is the best football league in the world. These are the best player, football players in the world. Kansas City went out there last week and made New York like I said, like a PB football team playing an NFL team. So I feel like if it's if it's going to work out where it's going to be extremely one-sided, I feel like Kansas City can win by two touchdowns. They have that offensive talent. Yes, that defense does not look good at times, especially at that line. You will see CMC coming back and I feel like he's going to have a big game. At the same time, I just feel like that offensive is so good that if Carolina does not has a Three and out, one too many times. That game's gonna get away from them. That's the only way I differ. I do like the under. Um, I do like that under of 52, uh, 52 and a half I just, I just, I don't know. For, I, for like, for me, I, I really like that minus ten and a half. I just feel like it's gonna be a two-touchdown spread. I just feel like the offensive uh, gap is there. That's just my opinion.
1: I think, I think the offensive gap is there, um, without a doubt. I mean. Really, if you look at like pro football focus, you know, Carolina is middle of the road offensively and they've improved with Teddy Bridgewater being there. And, you know, Mike Davis has seen a decrease in his productivity, like numbers of recent. Um, I think that I just like it a little bit more. I think that Christian McCaffrey has, they've been very, very like cautious with bringing him back. And I think that that, is going to bode well for them because CMC is going to come back healthy. And I think that that's their, that's their kind of thinking on it. Um, I mean, I get it. I think that it is, it's pretty high risk. I think at 10 and a half because, you know, Kansas city has the firepower both at receiver at tight end, also at running back Clyde Edwards, Elair and now um Le'Veon bell back there. That's a good one-two punch at running back, and Le'Veon Bell has proven since joining the team in one game that you know he he is still a star-studded running back. He just wasn't able to prove it when he played for the Jets, but that's because it's the Jets. So I think that it is high risk, high reward. I think that I'm going to take it as one of like my flyers this week, um, and, and I'll, I'll kind of leave it at that. Um, another matchup that we're seeing in the NFC South uh, this weekend is the New Orleans Saints are traveling to Tampa Bay to play TB12 for another rematch. Um, they played, was it week one or week two? I think it was week one, wasn't it?
0: It was week one, because that's when um, Michael Thomas was playing. And he did, he yeah, keep, yeah. He won't mm-hmm. regret taking him in the first round because he wasn't doing anything week one.
1: Yep. Uh, so, so they played week one, new Orleans was able to win that football game. Um, and since then Michael Thomas has not played. I have not heard yet. If Michael Thomas is good to go, I had heard he was a limited participant in practice. Um, so they're hoping the saints are hoping to have him back. That would, that would be the ideal situation is to have Michael Thomas back traveling to Tampa Bay, um, against a team that has really turned on the jets in the last four weeks. Um, The lines in Vegas, they are actually favoring Tampa Bay. Um, New Orleans is a a four-and-a-half-point underdog against the spread, plus 190 outright, um, and the over-under at 51-and-a-half. My thing is this. If Michael Thomas can play, I like the plus four-and-a-half because of the fact they now have another weapon not named Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara has been the leading rusher for the New Orleans Saints. He has also been the leading receiver for the Saints because of the fact Michael Thomas has not played since week one. Um, so, you know, that, that Tampa Bay defense is very good. It is underrated. It is a very good unit, both not only in the front seven and the linebacking core, but also in the secondary that secondary has been able to not only create turnovers, but also lock down receivers. Um, so if Michael Thomas is good to go, I like the plus four and a half. If Michael Thomas is somehow ruled out again and Saints fans start losing their minds, which rightfully so, this was supposed to be a three-week, it wasn't even supposed to be a three-week injury because the Saints didn't even put him on IR. You know, This, this is turning into a long-term injury. It went from, the ankle sprain to pretty sure he like pulled the calf. Then he punched a player and got suspended. Like it, this has been an interesting season for anybody who holds stock in Michael Thomas. Um, so I'm going to phrase it at that if Michael Thomas is good to go, I'll take the saints at four and a half. If not, I'm taking Tampa Bay outright um, and I'm going to take the over at 51 and a half because that Tampa Bay offense is good. You know, Gronk is finally getting involved in it. Chris Godwins and Mike Evans are going to be back. Ronald Jones has looked good. Leonard Fournette is still there. Who is going to be that third down in that red zone back, you know, and Tom Brady has kind of proven that he is the 40 year old quarterback that just does not want to die. You know, I I never thought when I was a kid that I would be saying that, you know, Tom Brady was going to outlast Drew Brees in terms of like quality of play, but Drew Brees has taken a toll this year. Um, and we've started to see that. We saw Taysom Hill actually take a lot more stamps last week out of the Wildcat um, in Chicago than I thought I would ever expect. So, I yeah, that, that's what I have to say about the game.
0: Um, yeah, no, this is going to be a really interesting game. You know, if Mike is back this week, I kind of lean towards the four and a half. I might even, you know all depends how healthy he is. I might even lead to that, you know, that outright of plus one because that's tempting if that's the Michael Thomas that's extremely health, very, like healthy and is playing to the way he's capable of being one of the better receivers in the league. Um, you know, but Tampa Bay's on offensive and defensively, they're in a role. So that's why I'm going to lean, even with his suspicion of him coming back, and I'm leaning towards Tampa Bay. You know, that minus four and a half is, is – Perfect, you know, if it was a little bit higher, if it was a touchdown, it might be a little bit more scary if uh Thomas was coming back. Even with Thomas coming back healthier, somewhat healthy I still like Tampa Bay. This team is a so complete at, is a complete different team than it was week one.
1: Without without a doubt, they've really turned in the Jets on it since like week three. Um, so just according to ESPN fantasy that just broke at four o'clock today, Michael Thomas was a limited participant at Wednesday's practice. Um, no word on if he was able to take contact or not. So he is at least practicing with the team again, but no word has to if he is going to be good to suit up. Uh, as of right now, he is still questionable, but that's what his um, designation was last week as well going in. So it might be another game time decision for Michael Thomas, um, which should uh, bode well for anybody who is considering putting money on New England. And then hopefully, it, if you put money on New England right now, it's going to be better now than what it is if Michael Thomas is ruled in for the game because those lines are going to be adjusted, without a doubt.
0: I'm warm, uh, All
1: right. Uh, and so I actually threw – this is kind of like my last game in here. I'm going to – I'll throw out my lock first. So I this can be – what whatever game that you want that you think is a lock, but I'm actually taking Pittsburgh over Dallas as my lock at minus 13 and a half. I think that Dallas is, uh, well, Dallas is Dallas because of the fact they aren't gonna be, they're not gonna have Carson Palmer again this week. So they are gonna have questions at quarterback. They are going up against a very, very good defense in Pittsburgh. I don't care that it's in Dallas at all. It's not gonna matter. Uh, Pittsburgh is my lock this week. There's no way that they are losing that game.
0: I mean, that would probably, you know, that is a kind of an easy one, but not one that to me really, I know it's in Buffalo, and I know Seattle had some issues last week against San Fran. But at the same time, Buffalo really looked very inconsistent. I like Seattle minus three. Russell Wilson is, look, is, kind of, is looking back in that. MVP form, you know, that offense is hitting all on cylinders. And, you know, Tyler Lockett's a really good option down the field. I just feel like – I know that Bill's defense is tough, especially at home, but I just feel like Seattle at minus three is a lock for me. I just feel like this offense is really starting to click. Hit, click. And it's going to be come down to it where right now it's looking like it's going to be Seattle and Arizona fighting for that NFC West. I just feel like minus three, you can't go wrong. And that's probably the one, probably the game I'm gonna put my most money on is Seattle when you look at NFL.
1: I think that's, I think that that's a very, that's a good justifiable lock. I will say, um, just because of the fact I have uh, Chris Carson's at running back and he was out last week with a foot sprain and he is still um, not practicing until Friday. Um, they are beaten up at running back and I think that that's kind of facing a lot of teams. So I don't know how much of it it's going to affect again, Russell Wilson is able to do it with his feet anyway. So he could be a running back if he wants to. Um, so I, I like that at minus three. Um, I, I, I like that lock. And I think that that would be a good one to put, put money on. Um, so surprisingly the Sunday night football game this week is a little, I don't want to say boring, but it's almost kind of like, why is this the prime time game? And it's the New England Patriots traveling to play the New York Jets in prime time, in the Meadowlands. That, uh, I, I actually have this in the column and I think that we were discussing it yesterday when we were covering the election in the newsroom and Je- our, our editor kind of like looked at me like, are you serious? And I was like, yeah. Um, New England is a minus seven to cover against the spread, but the Jets are a plus 270 to win outright. Um, and I'm going to get, I'm going to get a couple of looks from this and, and the over under on this is 42 and a half, but I'm going to get looks for this first pick. Um, I'm taking the jets outright. I I I'm, I'm taking the jets outright on Sunday night football. If they're going to get a win, it's going to be against this new England offense that has struggled. I mean, Damian Harris is the only running back and he is very iffy. Cam Newton has struggled been able to prove to the fact that he is able to pass um, and do it like the new England of old. I mean, I think that it is a long shot, but I think that this is high risk, high reward, excuse me. Um, So if the jets get a win at all, is it, Like, I think that this is the Jets' best opportunity to get a win this NFL season. So I'm going to take the Jets at plus 270, and I'm going to take the under on this because I really don't think that either team is good offensively right now.
0: Oh, yeah, no. Neither team, you look at that. That's me in that whole game is probably the only lock, I would say. I don't see either team scoring more than two touchdowns. That's that's my opinion, yeah. So that under of 42.5, that's a 100% play. When you get to it, where I I wouldn't. I mean, if I were to bet the Jets, I would go with you because I don't like that plus second. I just yeah. Don't. I just I, Adam Gase. I'm sorry, Adam. You made the Jets the reason why they're this way. You're the you're the main reason. I know you're the coach and not the GM. This is a completely different situation. Like it was in Houston where Bill Riley was the coach and the GM. That's why he got the hook right away because he was both. But Adam Gase. You had not only you. I'm not. I'm not saying but you had both defensive and offensive talent on this team, and you weren't able to do anything. I know. Yes, the Jets are bad, regardless. They still had talent, and at the end of the day, it boils down to be him. You had talent there, and you can do nothing with it. So, I mean, that's what I mean. I would. I would. If I were to go with it, the Jets would get their first win. I feel like the Pages. I just don't. I feel like it's by like less than i i feel like i just feel like the Patriots could somehow win by like 10 and like make me mad so that's why i'm gonna stay away yeah i'm just gonna keep i'm gonna play the under for sure
1: yeah i like i i think the under is by far it's the lock of this game um you know and that's i'm not taking the jets against the spread i'm taking the jets outright because i think that if they win this game it it it's either you know it's not going to be by a touchdown it's going to be close. It's going to be kind of ugly. I mean, this is not going to be a Sunday night football game that we're going to, like, come in on Monday and be like, did you watch that game? Like, it was really good. Like, you're going to watch it and be like, I cannot believe that they put this on primetime. Like, it, it's going to be that embarrassing to watch. And I think that it's a little, it's going to be a little shocking for New England fans who or for anybody else who is, lives outside of New England that doesn't follow the Patriots is like, what happened to this team? Um, I think that that's going to kind of be the takeaway from it, regardless of if the jets somehow win this game, um, that's going to be the takeaway of what happened to the Patriots of always favored to win the Super Bowl because that is not what this team is. This team has a lot of building, uh, has a lot of rebuilding to do. Um, and a lot of questions that need to be asked on the offensive side of the football, Julian Edelman is still going to be the number one target. Um, You know, it's going to start... There are going to be a lot of questions on Cam and everybody else, but, you know, it's just going to be an eye-opener for the rest of the nation to kind of realize that this is not the New England of old. So that's what I have to say about that primetime game, and that wraps up um, my NFL slate on who I was picking. Justin, do you have any other games that you were looking at?
0: Uh, There is one more that intrigues me, and that is, I mean... You know, Denver, I really liked San Diego last week, and Denver really surprised everyone by pulling it out the last second there. Um, I don't know. this. The Broncos of Falcons games intrigues me because the Falcons are given our favorite in that game, giving up three and a half. You know, I don't know. Part of me is, like, I really want to take that plus 166 of Denver because how bad that Falcons defense is. But I don't know. That's one of those wild card games you you just kind of want to take just to take. I just I'm not really sure. I just I don't know. That's just those two teams. I know Denver's very inconsistently offensively, and Atlanta's got Matt Ryan who's played very well this year. So I don't know. I, just this a game I just wanted to mention, but I don't know if I to take. It's just it, it intrigues me.
1: It's it's one to watch for. I think that you know. Atlanta has a lot of has one key injury on the offensive side of the football right now, which is Calvin Ridley, who's a limited participant this week. Um, But even with that, Julio Jones can still take over like for targets like Julio and Calvin Ridley have been wide receiver one and two. It seems like in fantasy football, just in general. Um, So I think that, you know, even with one down, they can still put up, uh, you know, put up points. I mean, Julio is by far a first ballot Hall of Famer in my opinion, and he is going to show that regardless. And so is Matt Ryan. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that that's one of the games to look at. And right now, so so just to reiterate for our viewer or for our listeners, yeah, against the spread, Denver is a three and a half point underdog, and they are a plus one sixty six to win outright. And that over under is at fifty points, which I don't like because of the fact that it's twenty five a piece. I don't. I think that. I actually like the over on that. I think that both of those two teams can score really well. So I, I, I would agree with that. That's something to look at. Um, so that's football. Um, and so the last thing that I want to talk about, since this is going to come out um, before next Thursday, which for me, I, I've been waiting for this since April. Um and I probably should have led with this as the intro by saying hello, friends, because that is what's going to be coming out next Thursday morning when ESPN will tee off and give us coverage of the first November Masters in, in a very long time. Uh, originally scheduled for um, April, canceled or postponed due to COVID, we are now going to get the third and final major of the 2020 season. Um, it is going to be the first of two majors at Augusta national golf club in the next four months. And and I'm excited. I'm excited. I know that Justin, you say that you don't bet um, golf. So if anybody else who is out there that doesn't, who hasn't heard, hopefully like uh, I'm not going to say that like I'm an expert at picking golf, but I I follow it very well and I have connections um, within the industry itself. So I think that, you know, it, I I do want to touch on it because I think that a lot of people are going to bet on it. Um, So yeah, Uh, Justin, you want to talk a little bit of Masters before we wrap up tonight?
0: Uh, Yeah, I'm not going to lie. You know, I've dabbled in betting on golf. I've never gone, you know, I've been maybe below 500 picking. I usually pick pairings. (laughs) Yeah. pretty well on a series of holes, but that's about really about it.
1: Yep. So so as of right now, FanDuel and uh, DraftKings, only have outright winners. Um, and I will pro- I will release a column next week, probably on Monday or Tuesday. Um, just breaking down, it'll be another down the lines. is like what I did for the US Open. Um, breaking down more of what the sports books have. Um, but as of right now, there's a lot of good money going in to this major. Um, I'm gonna start off with who is favored who I actually think is, I, I, I'm going to be fading him. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, who won the U.S. Open uh, about six, seven weeks ago at, at Winged Foot Golf Club. You know, he just overpowered the golf. He just overpowered the golf course. Um, he's at plus 800 to win this week at Augusta, which is a limited field event. Um, you know, it's, I don't want to say it's the weakest field in all the majors because that goes to the PGA Championship just because you are playing against like country club professionals. Um, but he's a plus 800. I'm going to fade him. I think that he has. there are a lot of questions on whether he is going to be able to putt uh, on these greens. He has struggled at Augusta in recent memory. Um, he also doesn't have a whole heck of a lot of experience. Uh, he's going to try and bomb it at this golf course. And for those of you who are not familiar with golf and familiar with Augusta National, it, it's not a bomber's golf course. Like it's very much like tick for tack. Like you need to like find your spots. Bryson is going to try and find ridiculous lines, taking it over trees. Um, It'll be interesting to watch him play AMN corner, which is arguably like one of the most interesting spots between it goes par, par five, par four, par three, or par five, par three, par four. And they're both, Like all of them are reachable holes. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how he attacks that. But I, plus 800, I'm going to fade him. I don't think that he wins this week. I don't think that he wins two majors. Um, uh, I could possibly put him in a lineup depending on once I see, you know, how he does elsewhere. Um, My opinion on my loves and my likes this week to win outright I like Xander Shoffley at plus 1,500 outright to win. Xander is one of those players that has not won a major yet, but he has finished inside the top 10 in every major of his career so far. He is a top 10 machine at winning major, at going into the majors. So I think at plus 1,500, he finally gets it. He was there, you know, last April when Tiger won. And I will put, I have like a little two cents on Tiger Woods in here as well. Um, but I love Xander at plus 1,500. I also love Patrick Cantlay at plus 2,200, who has been able to find a rhythm in recent weeks. He was able to like play pretty well out in Vegas. He won at Sherwood Country Club outside of Los Angeles for the Zozo. Um, he's coming in in good form. So I like that at plus 2,200. Um, I will also say out of this, um, a little bit of a sleeper that I'm going to put out here to win, who's had an off two years he's a one-time masters champion um he almost won career grand slam in one year um back in 2015 jordan speed plus 4,500. he has not had a worse than a top 15 finish at augusta since winning the green jacket he has choked up one lead he came up he went out early the year after choking up a lead against danny willett um to finish solo second to patrick green i I think that you know he's going to figure something out at Augusta. I hope. I, I love Jordan Spieth, and I love him. Uh, he's a good guy. He's really great. If you ever like get the chance to see him at a tournament, um, so plus forty five hundred, I would consider that to be a sleeper going into this. He is not playing this week in Houston. Um, he decided to take the week off to do a little bit more prep work at his home course in Dallas. Um, so I I would consider him to be fresh and rested. As for the defending champion, Tiger Woods, who is been able to hold on to that trophy for a little bit longer than everybody else thought he was going to. He is at a plus 3000 to win outright. Um, And I'm a little conflicted on this because Tiger has not had, since that win in April, he's not had a good, good run. And he hasn't played a lot. Like he didn't play a lot over the summer. He did not, I think his best finish was T35 or like, it was a top 40 of the PGA. Like that's his best win. Like that's his best showing so far. Um, So I would, I would argue that I would fade him for that. I don't think that he wins outright. How much I would love to see Tiger win another, like win another major. uh, And I think that he will win another major. Um, He just hasn't had the form to do it. Um, So I would say that that would be a fade for me. And, And, So I would put my lineup together this way. Uh, So anybody who does golf daily fantasy, you typically will pick about five players. I would say Dustin Johnson, Matthew Wolf, Tony Finau, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth are going to be my lineup. Mostly because of the fact DJ is the best value out of that, or is the top player at plus 1,200. Um, Wolf and Finau are both at plus 3,500. JT is at plus 1,400 and Jordan Spieth is at plus 4,500. Um, those all have the opportunity to win. They are great ball strikers, which is, this is a ball striking golf course. This is also a course to where you need to putt the ball really well. Never played Augusta, but I've been there and I have seen it on TV like everybody else. Those greens are very tough and you have to be putting the ball very well. DJ is going to be a risk if he cannot putt it very well. That, That will be one that you need to watch those first two to three days in the practice rounds really listen to how he thinks he's putting the ball and how he like looks if you're going to consider fading him. Um, if DJ is a no-go, I'm putting Ricky Fowler in there as a sleeper. I think he is the uh, player to watch. He doesn't have a major. He is probably the best player without a major. So I would, I think that he could possibly get a COVID green jacket in this one. No fans or sorry, no spectators, not allowed not allowed to call them, or no patrons, sorry. Augusta's got weird rules on this that you're not allowed to call them fans and you're not allowed to call them spectators. They are patrons at Augusta National. Um, so I would say that Ricky could possibly make a run at a green jacket this year. Um, and so I will leave it that with our with a master's preview on this. Uh, Justin, do you have any thoughts uh, on what, this is going to be a little bit different.
0: Um, no, but I would. I do have a favorite golfer, you know, and you've mentioned him. It was probably DJ. You know, I, I like Tiger Woods, but DJ for me, I don't. I just like DJ.
1: Yeah, I it, DJ is one of those players, you know. He he could easily win majors. Um, and I think that, you know, I. I'm more excited than most, I think, going in, <laughs> into next Thursday, um, because like we've, we've, I've been waiting for this since April, a- and I was supposed to have, I was supposed to have badges for the practice rounds in April, <laughs> so I'm a little disappointed um, that you know this isn't my year that I'll be able to go to the Masters. I will be going there, like knock on my artificial wood desk. Um, I have badges for the practice rounds in next April. Hopefully Augusta National will let us in. Um, But anybody who like really looks at this will make sure keep your eyes out for the column that's gonna come out next week. Uh, I'm hoping to have it out by third, hoping to have it out by Wednesday. Um, So then we have it out by first tee, first tee time on Thursday. It'll be interesting to see how this thing goes. But I think that, you know, golf is going to be this is going to be an interesting one that you know not a lot of people know how it's going to react this is a different course than what it's going to be in april um it's going to be colder like really cold uh it's supposed to be like 42 degrees in augusta so i think that you know people are going to have to adjust to it and it'll be interesting to watch over you know those four days starting next thursday
0: yeah for sure
1: yeah All right. So I think that that is everything for week two of fourth and broke. Um, next week we will have a little bit more of the NFL and the NCAA breakdowns. I don't trying to think if there are any like big games on the docket next week, but I can't think off the top of my head, if any, but we'll, we'll look at them and see what's going to go on. I know the first college football playoff rankings are going to be coming out in the next couple of weeks. Um, and hopefully after, you know, Notre Dame and Clemson face off. We have a little bit more clarity in our top fives. Um, But yeah, I think that that concludes this week as always, you know, uh, gamble responsibly. Don't like mortgage your house on the Jets if you're going to take that bet. Um, But yeah, I think that that kind of concludes tonight on my end. Justin, anything else from you?
0: No, just to, to double down on what you said, betting on sports now especially in the state of illinois legally is a privilege it's not a guarantee so it's a privilege it's like driving you shouldn't take this for and you shouldn't throw all your money at it if you have you know, like like us take this is a hobby and you know i wouldn't say i make thousands of hours but hey i cover most of my bets and you know this is more of a hobby than anything i'm not looking for us to get rich. I'm not like those type of guys that pay, put down $2,000 on a bet. I'm
1: not Dave Portnoy. So yeah. I'm not Dave Portnoy who's like, throwing a bunch of money at it daily.
0: We're a couple broke college students. That's what we are.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, and so, you know, just play responsibly, have fun with it, obviously. Like gambling makes sports fun. Um, Especially like if your team's in the toilet, like, you know, if you're a Bears fan and you just can't deal with it, like you're playing to cover other teams. but, yeah, I think that, that concludes this week. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed this second week of 4th and Broke, um, sponsored by the Northern Star, Northern Star and Headliners. Um, and we hope to see you back here next week for week three. All right. See you.
0: Thanks for listening to the Headliners Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to us on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Make sure to check us out at the Northern Stars website, northernstar.info, under the multimedia section for all our podcasts and the sports section for all our articles and columns.